Hello, friend. Welcome to the Watery Desho podcast. We are so happy to have the pleasure of your company. If this is your first time listening, sit back, relax. We hope you enjoy. If you are coming back because you enjoy our content and you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Desho. We've got all kinds of fun rewards and bonus content like early access, Discord roles, additional audio and video content, all in three budget-friendly tiers. If you're not able to support us financially, no biggie. We totally understand. If you'd like to help us out uh, for free, you can always give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our discoverability. You can follow us on SoundCloud, on Twitter, at WaterWeDesho. You can always send us an email at WaterWeDesho at gmail.com if you want to correspond with us. We may not get to read every correspondence on the show, but I can promise you that we do read and try to respond to every single one, because we do love our community, which we hope you'll be a part of. Thank you for your kind attention, friend, and without further ado, let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs. Welcome to Warrior Desho's Stream of Thought. We are back, motherfuckers. We're all back. We're back to cover the Vinland Extra Saga Vaganza, as I'm going to call it. Uh, episodes 4, 5, and 6 all in one. It's your buy one, get two free deal here on this particularly great anime. Uh, I am, of course, you know, extremely excited, as you tell my voice. I am Shaden, here to, you know, chat nonsense as always. And joining me in the new physical broom closet that he's been put in temporarily for the time being, it is, of course, my good old friend, the Soul Doctor. Well, thank you for that illustrious introduction. Uh, it occurs to me that we are doing the same thing only at a different time that the actual show Vinland Saga did. You know, it came out with three episodes at the beginning and then made yes, us wait. Yes, you're right. So now, right. <laughs> after those three episodes that we've done on a weekly basis, then now we've made people wait and we're doing the three at once. So we're, we're firing back at Amazon. With, with, we're just, you know, with, we're kicking it back to them. Like, oh, you know, you want to see how it feels, do you? You want to see how it feels, you know, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> You non-willed hindering piece, you hunger-ending piece of shit. Uh, anyway, but on a less hyperactive, less extroverted, more serious note, um, I want to just quickly thank everyone, our audience, be they patrons or no, for their patience with us uh, yeah. while we've been getting things in place. It's just been circumstances outside of our control that have meant that we've not been able to do Vinland weekly up until this point, and hopefully things should be back to normal. With a caveat that I'll get to at the end of this particular stream, just with a look to the future. Uh, for the moment, though, uh, since I am now currently a homeowner and I have free booze, I'm going to enjoy this plum pour. So, Doc, uh, let's talk briefly about, while well, I'm doing this, what's actually happened in Vinland Saga for the past three episodes. Like, we'll keep this very brief because we do have a lot of ground to cover, but holy yeah. fucking shit. Uh, things, be, things be going down. Things a, be a, happening. A lot happened. Um, and so I'll cease scrolling. I'm scrolling here... Uh, trying to locate the Twitter polls, and it is a long, long scroll. But yeah. uh, essentially, um, spoilers: Force is dead. <laughs> 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 
that's 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 like that's like you oh. know saying that Dumbledore dies on page whatever you know of uh, know. Harry Potter. I know. So, Sorry, folks. Uh, essentially, you know, we left off uh, in the middle of the battle between Askeladd and Thor's um, and uh, the mushroom field berserker. And uh, you you enjoy that, don't you? That's that's it seemed like you really. You got a lot it's, out of that sip. It is it is it is plum porter. It's got actual plums in it. Mm, How can you go wrong with that? This is this is the good shit right here. This ain't your regular beer. This is actual good quality crafted products, which I like. <laughs> like if you haven't gathered by now, that's the kind of shit I like, be it an anime or booze. So hey, there you go. Cheers, everyone, by the way. Cheers. Ooh. Uh so <sighs> you know, Thor's falls in that battle in a pretty incredible way which I'm sure we'll talk more about, but, uh, you know, his son, Thorfinn, in a sort of berserk-esque way, to survive. Oh, yeah, uh, when you say berserk, by the way, uh, uh-huh. I know we're not going to talk about it in detail there, but there is a very explicit berserk reference in, I believe, episode five, mm-hmm. because we see Thorfinn sitting against a tree with a sword over his shoulder, now, the thing is, he's tiny because he's still a kid and the sword is regular size, so it looks huge against him and it's basically Guts leaning against the tree with the sword over his shoulder in the same fashion. That is so explicit, it cannot be unintentional. That must no. be a deliberate reference to that particular, you know, property. I, I, would, I refuse be. to believe otherwise. I refuse to believe otherwise. There's no way that's not the case. Mm. No, it totally, it totally must be. Um... But, uh, yeah, I think he starts following his uh, father's killers. And, mm-hmm. like, in, uh, firstly, in an attempt to exact some revenge upon them. But then uh, <laughs> it becomes, it, like, evolves into something different. Like, you know, it becomes about his survival. Mm-hmm. And then he slowly kind of... We don't see all of it, but I think we see enough of it, and I'll talk about that as we go along, but kind of ingratiates himself into the workings of that group of Vikings and their mm-hmm. uh, their their war, their uh, sort yeah, of conquest and pillaging of uh, the English countryside and coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to go back to the Berserk thing I mentioned before, does that mean we're going to start getting Askeladd did nothing wrong memes? Oh my sweet god, please. <laughs> that can't 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 be true. Have I have I can't ruined you? Well, I mean that's that's not even like a tenth as bad as the what you're referring to. This uh. is very true. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So yeah, um, Doc has given the very, you know, base summary there of what um, has actually happened in the intervening episodes, leading up to the episodes of uh, sorry, the events of episode six in which Thorfinn indeed seems to fully embrace the life of a pirate, or rather the... Which isn't, you know, all rum and, you know, yo-ho-ho, shimmy timbers, but this is Viking piracy. This is the real deal. Uh, And he's pretty much responsible for the deaths of several dozen people. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) It's really... uh, It's hard to watch, isn't it? Oh my god, there's... Like... There's so much that we're going to have to talk about, like, with how this show visually depicts Thorfinn's, like, descent into apathy and just cold-bloodedness as it goes on. Like, for what is essentially a very short amount of time in the episodes that we see, 
It is, of course, a compressed amount of time in the sh- in the show, like as we see him grow older. But even then, you still can't comprehend how easy it is for him just to fall into, you know, murder and violence as he does. But it happens. So, hey, fucking hell. Man. Yeah. Like, you know, he's really... He's pushed to survive. And the, the show, you know, in this way... It, it's similar, like, you've talked about before on our past episodes that, like, it... Um, shows war as this thing that's not a noble enterprise you know as a thing that is um Mm -hmm. unfair and brutal and like doesn't really honor the people fighting in it like their virtues it just sort of consumes Mm -hmm. everything and even uh, Jesus can't stop war from happening as it turns out in episode six even you know Christ himself you know He's mistaken for delivering unto them a blessed little small boy with golden hair who reminds this old lady of her lost son named John. John. And oh right. Jesus, that comes to bite her in the ass. Man. Yeah, but it's a, it, like uh, I find that analogous to how it's you know uh, it treated war like it um, it, it shows uh, Thorfinn's kind of like when he's pushed to survive like you know he's on the brink of death like there there's things that he's gonna do that mm-hmm. we're like oh my god i can't believe this is happening but like um you know humans can do some really like j- just e- extraordinarily cruel and brutal things when when they're pushed into a corner I think, and well, then you one might beg the question: into how much of a corner is even uh, Forfin pushed into by the closure of the episode? Like, is it just routine for him at that point? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I have to think about it a little bit because I mean, to me, to he... me, it just seems like you know when Asgard says, "Hey, why don't you go scout, you little shit? Go, 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 get lost in the woods. You know, go find that gingerbread house, you little punk." Mm-hmm. Like. He only seems to be egging him on a little bit by doing that because he knows, like, hey, you want to kill me? Well, kill me. Go do this thing. Go on. Go do this thing. Off you go. Bye-bye. Um, so, yeah, it's open to interpretation exactly how pushed he is into a corner. Um, although, again, because I like dunking on that particular piece of shit, whereas in Shield Hero, that was a big problem because Neofumi was never pushed into sufficient amount of corners to justify his actions. Here, the fact that he, uh, Thorfinn, doesn't necessarily seem so pushed is actually a good thing for the story, although not for him as a person or a character. No, yeah, sure. Because it just goes to show how easily we can fall into doing evil, awful things just because we're familiar with them. I mean, for all the bad rap that it gets for having some incredibly fluky storytelling, Mel Gear Solid, and yeah, I'm bringing that up, would you believe? Insert your own, you know, can love bloom on the battlefield joke for Vinland Saga. <clears throat> um, it, um... It actually had something right with the line that Snake says, I think, in MGS1, which is that killing is unfortunately one of those things that become easier the more you do it. And we certainly see that chassis in episode six. Are you, uh, by invoking this comparison here, are you saying Thor is dummy thick? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know about this? The dummy thick I know of (laughs) elements of it. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm going to go get another bottle of blood okay. port in a second. I well, think I might need it. You know, um, I mean, we don't have to, you know, you can, it's, it's a thing that you could probably go to know your meme and figure out, but it's a thing that I, they I'm, asked David Hader yeah, to say, and he said it because he'll say yeah. he loves the fans. He loves the fans, and uh, yeah. So, oh, are you going to put that as a poll at some point? Is Asker like dummy thick? How about Bjorn? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Anyway, hello there, Connor. How are you doing, man? Yeah. Hi. Mm. Um. Ah, all right. So. You, you have given the like get to the polls. Sorry, okay. Oh, sorry. Did, did you want yes, me go, to? Yeah, go, go, go to the polls. Go to the polls. Cut to polls. Go to the polls. Um, okay. So from episodes one through three, here are the polls. Poll one. <laughs> Just looking at these. <laughs> We do such a dumb show. It's, it's really we good. We call Warrior Death Show. It's probably bad. <laughs> you know, we are um, we are both the name of our podcast and also the you know top rated review on iTunes at the same time. Like that's the comment. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're what we say on the tin. What it's we true. Say? It's true. So uh, our first our first poll is: Does Asklad write a column in an English newspaper called? Ask a lad, mm-hmm. uh, and sixty percent say yes, and it's shit. <laughs> um, should James Earl Jones voice Thor's in the dub? Yes, eighty-three uh, percent say, "Oh my god, yes." Um, yes, seventeen percent at least out of themselves as criminals when they voted no. So, we, did you? Well, if you we didn't know. also turn yourself into the police when you did that, then you you know you've not completed your juice here. You know, off you trot. I'm sorry, officer. I said that James Earl Jones shouldn't voice someone in a dub. Like, my God, that's high crimes and misdemeanors. That shit. <laughs> my God, what a monster! <laughs> uh, does Helga rule your world? Next poll: seventy percent say completely. And <sighs> Bjorn's mushrooms. <laughs> this is the this is the entirety of the the question of the poll. Bjorn's mushrooms. Uh, your choices were bro and bro in all caps, and uh, what we really should have added in was also an option for the Super Mario like power up sound effects. What what what? Can you imagine if he ate three of those in a row, and he like you just he's just there? Like we just see a scene of him like killing people on the battlefield, and there's just the like the 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 music that plays when Mario's invulnerable. Oh my god. That would be, that would be so good. So it'd be like him eating a, a star at that point, yep. Instead of a, a mushroom. Um, what if he just just turn big and start stomping on people? That would also be entertaining. Can you imagine beyond in a snooky suit? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Oh my god. Yeah, that's uh that's quite an image. Cheers again, folks. <laughs> you know, the Hammer Hammer Brothers suit is probably the most like oh yeah, I could see this working out. I mean, Tanuki suit's pretty hilarious. Uh well that should clearly be a poll. What's what <laughs> Super Mario suit is beyond best suited to? I you know, the there's an often forgotten one from the third game. The frog suit. Do you remember oh, the frog God, you're suit? Oh, right. No, I know of it. I know of it. <laughs> that would be tremendous. 
okay, the final poll is, did, did Thor's find his ore at the local pizza hut? And 58% say it was actually at Papa John's, <laughs> the big pizza oven ore, which uh, will row no more because the man who wielded, uh, wielded it best uh, is, is no longer with us in the show. So rip, rip Thor's. Um, oh shit! I, I I ordered a fucking pepperoni from him. When am I going to get it? <laughs> God. I, well, it'll be free at least, you know, because the delayed delivery. Well, what, what do you mean, like several hundred years? Yep. Holy shit! I hope I hope I at least get a bigger garlic dip for that. It'll <laughs> just be the a pizza skeleton. If <laughs> a pizza. <head. My God, I don't even want to think about it. Probably tastes better than most <laughs> dumb pizzas I've had in my life, to be honest. A lot of them have been shit. Cats, uh, cat all right. suit Bjorn, also pretty good. <laughs> um, all right. Just a moment before we get into this, um, and I have to, I have to briefly step away, but I should be back quite soon. Um, so see you folks in just a bit. Hang on tight, folks. We're back shortly. Ikuzo. You didn't come back wearing a Viking helmet. I'm incredibly disappointed in you. But I did come back with, I remembered my research project. You know, I had locating, finding the the true, the Viking accent for our podcast. Mm. So I've done a lot of digging. I've read a lot. I feel like I've educated myself pretty extensively. And here we go for the Vikings. Hello, Shadon. It is I, the Viking. You know we are on our boat out here in the sea. I wish we had our cows. But we are on the, the boat and, uh, you know, at least we get to kill some English. You know, <laughs> this is, uh, the things that, uh, we Danes live for. But, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? We all out here. We all in the cold. It is very cold to me. I'm not used to this, um, chilliness, but, uh, you know, the souls was a, a good, good guy. He was okay. You know, I had to die, I think, for all the good of the TV show, I guess. Uh, but, uh, his kid is here. You know, he is killing people. It is uh, a whole mess. That we've gotten into. Shadon is uh, back now. Uh, I slipped into. I slipped into the shell. A fucking coma listening to your bloody accent. Oh my god. <laughs> what are you trying to sound like there, Peppy Lip You? <laughs> oh well, my no, god. No, it is uh, the Viking. It is uh, historically accurate, the Viking. You know? It's. Uh, Viking the, my the ass. The quality. The quality. I bring to you. It is uh, very high. Quite high. Well, chat. What do, what do you think? There? Do you think that was an authentic Viking impression? Please leave your Did comments. Did I fail here. again? I can't have failed again. I read so much about it. I'm telling you. I... Well, you know, if we had any if we had any French viewers at this point, like you check those demographics next month, we're going to be in minus figures. God's sake, man. Well, Wikipedia failed me. So, oh, what a Curse surprise! It. Curse it. <laughs> Okay, no. I mean, you work at a you, you work at a university. <laughs> How many times have you personally told your students not to use Wikipedia? Uh, you know, I actually tell them it is okay to use it as a jumping-off point 
but not that, as okay, a good, end all good. be all. <laughs> good, good clacking. So yeah, listen, listen to uh, that's not my own advice. advice for this. This is for this episode. Use Wikipedia as your starting point, but don't actually incite it for anything meaningful or substantive because you will get, you know, it will go wrong, go horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. And I would, I would say, just don't, don't tell other, don't tell your teachers that you're doing it. I mean, we all know that you do it, but just, just avoid mentioning that you started there. It will make librarians sad and probably your teachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Vinland right. Saga. All right, uh, so we've we're... given. Sorry, go. No, no, I was, I was probably just going to say what you're about to say. Uh, just that mm. we we probably are going to skip over. We are going to skip over the heavy summarizing because there's so much material and get right into the the talking. We'll yeah be more more back to our usual standard format when we're doing this weekly. Quite right, yeah. So we're going to assume that you've seen all the episodes thus far, um, four, five, and six, and of course one, two, and three. I hope you weren't jumping in at that particular point because, uh, yikes. So we're going to get started on talking points immediately because there's a lot of ground to cover here. I'm going to lead off here, and I want to talk about the ending to episode four, which of course is, you know, the episode in which Fawz dies. Yeah. But we have to talk about what happens after he dies in the immediate aftermath, so to speak. And just for quick context here, we don't find out, firstly, the fate of, uh, you know, everyone's favourite weed, you know, dealer, Leif Erikson or no, Harry, or any of the other men. Not until episode five, in which it is confirmed that they are indeed safe and sound. Askeladd mm-hmm. was at least true to that word of his bargain with Forsley would let them go. So, context-wise, we then find out that, you know, Forfin is, like, actually stowed away on... I don't believe it's one of Askeladd's ships. I think it's one of the two Viking longboats that were taken yeah. by the group and then Askeladd mm-hmm. took as a prize. So mm-hmm. he stowed away on there. Um, and suddenly he's found himself, like, you know, on there being towed away by Askeladd. And I want to just really stress how powerful this image was and how effective it was at communicating the current new status quo of what I presume will be the rest of the show's run until Thorfinn finally kills Askeladd. Just to give you some more details here, this ship is being towed we get a picture or an image of the of the oars, including uh, Fawz's own gigantic pizza oven, you know, oar, like disused. And no one is actually on the boat with Thorfinn. It's just him on his own. And I think this is such a perfect metaphor for the mm-hmm. relationship he's now found himself in with Askeladd. Um, it really, like, encapsulates the fact that he is just being towed along and dragged with him just a little bit out of distance, directionless, yeah. rudderless. Like, he's not controlling the direction that boat's going in. It's Askeladd who's doing it. And he's always going to be one step ahead of him. It's such a powerful, like, encapsulation of everything that, like, has led, like sets off this relationship between the two of them, that you will always be two steps behind of him, never being, you know, able to chart his own course, literally... You know, in his life, because he'll forever be in Askeladd's wake. Yeah, and I thought that's yeah. such an amazing wow. starting point. Wow, that's really good. Uh, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought about that, but that, that is so good. <laughs> that's really powerful, man. Yeah, does he? Gosh. And the thing is, well, no one's in that boat. He's on his own. Yeah, it just is another great reminder of that. Like, and I also have to just also talk about the discontinuity of it, like. Can you imagine if you like happened to you? And I'm not even talking necessarily in the same context, but you were that age, fourth his age, and your father passed away, murdered even. Mm-hmm. 
Like, and we cut from not even... We don't even see Fawz's death, really. We see him, of course, getting, you know, impaled with 10,000 arrows like he's King Leonidas from 300. Um, but, you know, we don't what see the badass. actual point of death. <laughs> we don't We don't see, like, you know, the immediate aftermath. We just cut, like, in a very jumbled, disoriented way where Thorfinn's in darkness in the cellar or the hold of the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, again, that really helps sell, like, the shock of it, that it is something that's not even comprehensible, not even something that, like, you know, could be processed, really, for someone yeah. that young. Especially given it's all true. that Thorfinn says about how awesome a warrior his father is. And Thor's proves it because while Askeladd does win in the end, he only wins because Thor's sticks to his morality. Yeah. Sticks to his code of ethics, which is that he won't kill Askeladd. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like the whole moment after that point where Thor's finally like dies, or at least is, you know, mostly wounded, it's just fucking flawless. And I was blown away by how well it just set everything up for what was going to be going on going forward. And indeed the next two episodes bear this out when you know Thor's get uh, sorry, Thorfinn gets his, you know, like objective from Asgard, which is to win a great battle or, you know, do something great on the battlefield. Which I mean, this is Askeladd we're talking about here, the man, you know, who would try and, you know, pay for food with a three-pound coin or a, you know, three-dollar bill. Like, there's no reason to believe he's going to give Thorfinn that jewel, even if Thorfinn is capable of fighting him. For all we know, he could just simply say, do something great on the battlefield. Okay, that was good, but that wasn't great enough. Oh, that was okay, that was pretty good, that was like an eight out of ten. But no, it wasn't great enough, it needs to be a nine out of ten. I feel like he wants to be, like, he wants to be honourable. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he, there's like a little part of him in there that wishes he could do that, but I think he's afraid to. Mm. Uh, well, we'll actually be men. covering that later, as it turns out, in one of the patron questions uh-huh. we've got. So we'll be able yeah. to cover that more explicitly. Yeah. But yeah. So, but that that's how it came off to me in his kind of strained interactions with, with Thorfinn and, and everything else. And so to get back to the imagery you're talking about, um, like, you know, we have Thorfinn absorbing that kind of central lesson that you brought up in the first three episodes that, like, you know, he's saying, you know, my dad won. Why is he dead? Like, mm-hmm. he played by the rules. He stuck to it. He was the better man, the better fighter. And yet he died. Like, why did that happen? What an existential crisis for a child to go through about like mm-hmm. life being unfair you know you try to kind of slowly introduce that to to children um but i mean it came down on him like a ton of bricks and and i do like i'm thinking about you saying like he would him being on the boat by himself um he's sort of like apart from the rest of the group in that he's going through all the shit he's at a different stage in his kind of relationship to war and things like that than they are. But I also mm-hmm. think that the show, I, I think it'll bear out ultimately. And, and we see this a little bit in episode six that like he's apart from them because he has still like this, like the, it hasn't completely gone away. The, the kind of germ of goodness that his mm-hmm. family was able to plant in him, despite like some horrible, things that he does um and so i think he's set apart from them by himself on this on this ship being dragged in the same direction as these other warriors but like still apart which is really neat Mm. 
Oh, oh yeah, good friend. So Jessica like brought up, you know, Thorfinn's voice actress is excellent in yeah. these episodes. Yeah. Like, oh my god. So like that scream when you know <sighs> what it, it wasn't when when was it exactly? What episode was it? It was um, well, it was episode six when um he killed his made his first kill. Killed his yes, first. that that is the one that I'm thinking of. Like oh my. God, I don't know if I've ever heard uh, something in anime that like made my like just blood run my cold. Blood yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was intense, and that was like some some strong stuff. But back to four, episode four. Um, so, um, do you think, or what do you think about? Like <laughs> what I like to call Thor's Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi act, his whole well, like you mean, you, you... the true warrior <laughs> carries no sword, and then he's holding he you know drops his weapons and shit, and then he and he dies. <laughs> like, do what do you make of 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 that? Um, yeah, what what do you make of that? Well, for me. Um... I think that firstly, Fawz has no idea, like, even, like, obviously he's dead now, but I don't think he ever anticipated that Thorfinn would end up getting separated from the group. Indeed, how mm-hmm. that happens, we're not sure. Um, for him, it seems simple, you know, my life versus those. And indeed, Askeladd does honor his word, so the rest of them do live. We see that when Leif uh, breaks the news to um, Helga and... What was the name again? Uh, Ilva. I cannot remember. Why am I terrible? Thank you very much for that. Ilya, Ilva, mm-hmm. um, when he breaks through, sound like so he has done that. Um, I think that for me, and this is going to tie in something I was going to say, which is that I think like we we in episode six, of course, like Thorfinn remembers his father, but I think now that like it's going to be a question of how he chooses to use the memories of his father and what his father had tried to teach him. Um, but I think that ultimately there is because this is also something else I'll talk about later, which is the whole setup of that entire ambush from a writing perspective. I think that in the end, um, I'm going to say that Thor's was a bit naive. He wasn't completely naive because he did accept the possibility of conflict, which is why he retained the weapons that he had done. I mean, if he was mm-hmm. a total pacifist, he wouldn't even have them, period. But yeah. I think that, you know, for all that he did ultimately win the duel of Askeladd, Askeladd, you know, show again, war is what it is. War cares not for your honor or your virtue. If anything, it will chew them up and spit them out. So, I mean, you say Obi Wan Kenobi. After Obi Wan goes, like in Episode Five, Luke is still struggling. You know, he's Mm -hmm. rash, impulsive. He makes some fucking stupid decisions. You know, he gets disarmed quite literally. Hey, oh. You strike me down. I shall become more powerful than you can ever. By which I mean I can just deliver exposition at you as a fucking ghost. <laughs> I know. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Let's not let's not kid ourselves. But anyway, the point is that I think that Fors is portrayed as a little bit naive, but I also think there's more to the construction of that scene, which I'll get into later, that I actually have to wonder is a good thing for the show or not, but I'll explain in a later point. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I'm unsure what to make of it because you know, he himself, he said, you know, 
I am not a master. I'm not a true warrior because I still have these, right? And so that, you know, mm. he has his ideal, but even he didn't measure up to his ideal. But I'm not. I, yeah, I guess we'll sort of see uh, what um, what is going on, what what he means, or, or at least how how Thorfinn kind of, uh, like you said, interprets all this stuff. Um, cause it's very paradoxical to me. Uh, hmm. the whole like warrior, a true warrior doesn't really need any weapons. Um, yeah, I, I would, and I'm sure Thorfinn is very confused by it. And it's like we, we were talking about in the <laughs> early episodes, like, um, it, the, all the, this, uh, these teachings that he's, kind of inheriting from his dad are very much at odds with the world and they're going to be at odds with like the world that he gets thrust into and is now into yep. and is now a part of. So like, yeah, how, like, I mean, I think it's, 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 he's ultimately going to, uh, Thorfinn is ultimately going to like find his own way that is, maybe in between the two or cl closer to it's gonna be a struggle for, for quite a while yeah, I suspect, and yeah, that's gonna be the driving force of a lot of the drama mm -hmm. yep. i mean 90s is the drama at the end of the episode of episode six when you know he betrays the village well not the village specifically but rather the old lady and uh, her daughter who took him in nursed him back to health he does try to warn them but that doesn't ultimately stop him from going through with the axe you know to set fire to the house as a signal for Askeladd's men to invade and rape, pillage, and plunder. Yeah. It's He's true. directly responsible for that. I wonder how old he is at that point. And if that... Well, the vo his voice changes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that it's probably 14 plus. I'm gonna say it's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely at least hit puberty at that point. Yeah, at that mm. point, yeah, I just... Uh, it's just... It's so sad. <laughs> this whole thing is so sad. Uh, do you have hmm. what else do you have about episode four? Do you have that uh, Askeladd is a fucking baller? Because <laughs> I have that in my notes. <laughs> like his, <laughs> like this the slide he does under the falling mask is like incredible. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's, it's indicative of, of how he does things. Like in which he will be, you know, he'll be deceptive and cunning in order to win. It's a perfect, you know, visual for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right, so I'll actually get into my point now that follows on from your discussion about Thor's here. So let's talk about everyone's favorite term that is not something found in the probiotic yogurt. Let's talk about <laughs> diegetics. Let okay. me crib from fucking Dan Olsen again because the guy knows his shit. But I'm going to ask you a question here, Doc. Who is ultimately responsible for Thor's death? I mean, my... Uh, let me think. So I guess I would say it's Ascalad, right? Because he, no, he gives the signal no, to no. the archers? Okay, no. No. Is it Thor's? <laughs> no. No? All right, who is it? I give up. The author. The author. The, the, the author. author. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So indeed. so here's the thing, right? Let's deconstruct the context of the scene in which... Uh, of the whole ambush, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we have the archers on the ridge. We have Ascalad's men on the boats. We have the blockade that happens. Now, in similar way as I say that the author is responsible for Thor's death here, the author is also similarly responsible for putting in a scenario in which he cannot escape from. So, the reason I am bringing this up is to point something out, which is that 
Force's ideals and morals are ones of non-violent resolution. He doesn't want to kill anyone if he if he can. Mm-hmm. Indeed, he won't kill Askeladd at the end. And so then you can make the argument, if he did kill Askeladd, would that change anything? Because in theory, if he killed Askeladd there and then, Askeladd's men could have simply, you know, because Bjorn seems like fairly tuned in as a second in command, could have just simply, you know, shot him. I mean, to be fair, Thorfinn was being held hostage. But I think at that point, even before Thorfinn is taken hostage by Bjorn, um, Askeladd could have still been, you know, Thor's could still take his fucking head off. So the way I see this scene being constructed is that it actually supports in some way Thor's belief that violence doesn't solve anything because even if he had killed Askeladd, it Mm. wouldn't have made things better for him. In fact, all of his men would have been slaughtered then, including Thorfinn. That's true. So I think, I, right. think I, I think that if you deconstruct the scene in that particular way, that's the reason why the author of uh, Vinland Saga chose to put Thor's in that no-win scenario. Because it's, again, another rebuttal to the idea that violence would solve things. Mm-hmm. Because we can extrapolate, you know, from that, that, you know, it wouldn't have solved anything. But conversely, you can also make the argument that because um, Asclad's men seem a bit like, you know, skittish, you know, in response <laughs> to all of this that maybe it would have solved something. And I think that ambiguity in hindsight may have potentially harmed it a little bit. I would have preferred it be a little bit more clear-cut that for all, you know, that Asclad says, hey, fucking have me, it would have solved nothing. But nonetheless, I think that's the reason why this whole ambush was constructed the way it is to sell that point Mm. that, you know, simply taking Asclad's head off and kicking it around like a rugby ball wouldn't have solved anything. They'd have all died. Violence does not make things better. As, as presented by this no-win scenario, which has been deliberately constructed to sell that point in the first place. Yeah. No, that's very good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. That was a well-made point. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you think that... May- maybe this... Um, falls under the umbrella of the patron question you tell me do you think Askeladd was joking about Thor's becoming their leader or do you think there was like a moment when he initially asked it in in which he was genuine can I uh, can I change my spirit animal to the duck and just duck out of this question because I'm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because okay. again, it relates to something I want to talk about, which is that I even in the earlier episodes that we discussed, I talked about the idea of you know fourth and going forward. Because like we all had the rank on the wall. Come on, we all knew fours wasn't going to make it past a certain number of episodes here. We're all reasonably savvy about this, <laughs> right? But that again in itself is not a problem, as I've said. What the is an inciting event for the fourth to then try and seek revenge and ultimately struggle, uh, you know, with his uh with his anger, with his hatred, with his, you know, the loss of his soul and his humanity as we start to see happen in episode six. Um, But then there's the question of, you know, what his father has left behind for him. And I think that in some way we might learn later on about Askeladd's own history, because in turn, Askeladd is teaching Thorfinn things, consciously or no, about how to, you know, how warfare works. So I think that I can't really say of any certainty right now. I think there might be hints of, an, of that element that you speak of there to him. Um, but one must wonder then, you know, if he similarly had a history where he 
was alright to begin with and then he became the pirate he's known for now. We'll find out. Like, I can't conclusively say one way or the other. I think there's evidence for both sides as it stands hmm. right this moment. Yeah, I, I just think he's... Um, fan- like, I love his... The way his character is presented and written in these episodes is hmm. tremendous. Like, he really could have easily just been like a one-note kind of shitty vagabond, right? Um, mm-hmm. But, but man, he, he just gets these little moments that indicate that there is more more there right like i just that that whole scene of him saying why don't you become our leader and just the look on his face like it just it really did feel genuine and there was like a moment that lingered in which it felt like the offer was put out there and thor's just really didn't know what to make of it and because mm-hmm. his men were unsettled you know and everyone was unsettled. He kind of it like backed off on it, but like yeah. and and how in the next episode he, um, when the people come to pay him for um, Thor's dead body, and they're like, "Well, the person who who contracted you wants to know how his final moments were," and if you really want to be like oh you you reminded me of this carry on, carry on if you want to be like honest about it and like uh empirical and like his final moments were incredible his final moment like that is like that was going to be etched into everyone's mind for the rest of their lives like how yeah well and then everybody like everyone despite how they feel like he was naive or on the wrong side of things like they see him and recognize his strength you know, yeah. and, and they say like I, I can't remember who said it, but um, uh, was it Bjorn who knocked down the charging kid and said Thor's is worth a hundred pe- people like you, like he's extraordinary. That, but Askeladd tells them that it was nothing special because it, it's not. It's not. I don't think in any way to do down thors and the memory of thors but like in well in i think it's him saying like you know it's not special that everybody dies in war nobody's final moments they're just all whatever they all just die and it's you know there's nothing glamorous about it uh, well, if I may, if I may offer another interpretation, bear in mind who that message is going back to. It's going back to Floki, and it's clear, like you know, from the previous, you know, Kool Aid Viking incident, that <laughs> Askeladd doesn't give really too much two shits about Floki. He could, right. you know, take him or leave. So maybe this is his way of denying, like you know, Floki getting any joy out of sure. you know seeing. Because if he relayed it as was, like, oh yeah, Thor's kicked the shit out of everyone. But then I just completely, you know, backhanded him, made him look like a complete pussy because he didn't want to kill me. Mm-hmm. Which he could say, because that's kind of what happened, if you want to put it in those terms. Then I think Floki would probably have quite enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, maybe you're right. Like, maybe because he sort of despises Denying Floki, him the satisfaction he wanted of seeing to t- a man brought to his knees. He wanted to, yeah, take that, uh, take that like, joy away from him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and leave him with nothing. Yeah, I... I I totally see that also as as a thing. I think, I think the readings are not um, uh, mutually exclusive. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it, it can work on that level of emph- again emphasizing like, you know, war, war 
cuts down and makes you know nothing more like uh mortals weak mortals of like the mighty and the meek right Mm -hmm. and so in that respect like in the end in the final analysis like he felt just like everybody but also (laughs) he's a little bit of a fuck you to floki (laughs) of like you don't you don't get your uh you don't get the story time that you wanted nope exactly all right so next point from me um let's talk about environments and let's talk about episode five specifically now i want you to cast your mind back so i think it was episode three when Thorfinn gets on the boat and he goes dad dad the sea yeah the, the fucking sea it's dad the ocean yeah, yeah like and the thing is right that's all well and good him going and losing his mind about the sea life but let's be honest the sea is very vast and you can get quite lost in it of course but it's nothing compared to the vistas we get when they actually arrive in England for the first time. And so I don't usually want to argue from the null hypothesis of this thing didn't happen and therefore there's meaning in it. I prefer to point something that is concretely provable or something at least you can infer from. But what kind of reaction does Thorfinn have when he arrives on the shores of England and travels through the woods for the first time? These fucking lovely autumnal woods where the Mm. background design has completely went to town. What is his reaction? Uh, I'm sorry. Who Askeladds or or no Thorfinns? Oh, I mean, like he is. He, has he doesn't care, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's um. He has he's done. not reflecting on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compare this to the previous like discussions and times like you know when Thorfinn in the very first episode was listening onto every word that Leaf was giving about Vinland, right? Like and Thorfinn's own like you know excitement about the sea like clearly there is the spirit of an explorer in him and someone who mm. like can revel in the natural beauty around him. Mm-hmm. But what's happened to him? His family has been destroyed and he has been taken by pirates to a land of warfare and bloodshed, and he is consumed by vengeance, such that he cannot appreciate the beauty around him anymore. It doesn't even pass through him. It's never remarks on by him. We get long shots of him going like through the forest and all that with all these wonderful colours and hues of oranges and greens and yellows. And he says nothing about it. If you need any more indication of how broken he is and of how damaged he is, of how, you know, suppressed he is in terms of his personality, that previous, you know, explorative and inquisitive nature, mm-hmm. you only need to look right there. Because he says fucking nothing. Yeah, I mean, the old the old kid is dying like mm-hmm. in many ways Thorfinn is is this is his really slow and painful death and mm-hmm. wandering around in uh, Gehenna in hell right before he was reborn as the scout for Askeladd and and yeah I mean he's uh the color is drained out of his world I mean that scene where like on top of him being entirely like just destroyed and broken um on top of him wanting revenge in such a like deep and profound way that's like that's i feel like that's all he's living for at that point he like has no food and there are scenes of him trying to eat like that scene where like he turned down uh the meat and then came back to it when it was raining later and was like starving dog eating the bones like trying to eat the like tiniest the little morsel like at the but before the marrow like um 
when you know when he fights the wolf like he's like just biting the bones at the fire like that that broke my heart like trying to get any him trying to just get any little scrap he could that was um tear that was just that just tore me up man and mm. and yeah and uh, like like you said he's um he's in no position to like notice the the beauty or grandeur of anything to do with the environment yeah. because i mean remember where he came dying. from remember the icy wasteland he <laughs> lived in for all yeah. his life he sh- it should Monoc- really be monochrome white mm-hmm. this should be a wondrous moment mm-hmm. for him to realize there's a land <laughs> there of are bugs and warmth. <laughs> there are bugs and trees and shit oh my god like this is this is david amber's wet dream <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but he can't market it and again that ties into the overarching theme of the show thus far that war consumes people it devours them whole and leaves them as nothing but empty husks which is what he is turning into as you say there's that kernel that shred of humanity left in him but it is fading it's in danger of being snuffed out entirely and yeah. that I think also is going to tie into what the show is going to be about later on like, I mean it's called Vinland Saga so again Rice is on the wall they're going to get to Vinland at some point aren't they but that's going to be a world for him to explore. And I want, I think like that, you know, tension between warfare and, you know, discovery is going to be key to like, you know, Thorfinn's character. Can he rediscover his humanity through the beauty of the world around him? Or will he forever be consumed in the fire of war? Stay tuned till next week on right, Villain Saga, yeah, episode next seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do you think that, uh, why, why do you think the Vikings did not kill him when they so easily could have? Well, that's a question, isn't it? Um, personally, I think that the Vikings answered to Askeladd, and so I therefore think the decision probably lies with him. Mm-hmm. And I think in some way, Askeladd maybe, you know, find, thinks there might be some use for him. I mean, admittedly, he's a kid, so, so what does he know? But I think it also speaks that, you know, for as much as we say that Asgard might have a shred of honor, he's also a very cruel and capricious man. Like, sure. the things yeah. he does to the village is like, say, no, just plunder him. Take him. Take, we're taking the women. Yeah, we're, doing, right. we're having our way of right. him. Yeah. So I think it speaks to his cruelty as well that he can do that. I mean, I don't, as I said before, I don't believe for a moment that he genuinely will give forth in the honorable jewel that he, you know, says he will. Hmm. For him, like I say, that, 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 that goal of like, you know, the, the great axe on the battlefield is always going to be out of Thorfinn's reach, even if he literally assassinates the king of England himself. Yeah. Oh, you killed the king? Oh, bitch, please. <laughs> Fuck, what, why do I care? I'm Askeladd. Why would you? Yeah, I'm sure he'll try to talk him out of it, right? Even even if it's not a, like, you didn't do anything. It's like, oh, you did something, but why would you want to kill me now? Like, you're just mm-hmm. as bad as I was. How many kids' fathers have you killed at this point? We are not so different, <laughs> you and I. <laughs> if you only knew the power of the dark side. No, sorry, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, maybe too, like, in some small way, Askeladd, uh, it, do, do you feel like there's a little bit of I'm trying to think of the best way to express it like maybe owing Thor's something like realizing he killed him when and and it took you know a whole hell of a lot more than even he had right and to then 
snuff out the life of his kid. Like maybe just leaving him alive as some kind of uh, gesture towards towards Thor's. Maybe? I'm not so sure. I think I still think the cruelty is the main element of Askeladd's character. The cruelty is the point. <laughs> yeah, he does say a lot of the time, like "You're still alive." I think at the beginning that he leaves him on the ship because he says he'll die soon. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, oh, the but, weak die first, such yeah. as you. Mm-hmm. Then probably like as they go on, he starts to be like, "Hmm, like he's lived through all this horrible shit. Like maybe we can find a use for him. He seems like a tough one." Um, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe send there's him like suicide a... missions. <laughs> Right, maybe too. There's like a like almost a nationalistic element too, where like, I mean, they kill a lot of English kids, but like maybe it's like, mm, this kid's a Dane. He's a Dane, you know. Yeah. And at I one mean, point, Bjorn doesn't Askeladd um, say like, yeah, I'm not Bjorn into killing kids. Dane. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Bjorn says we're Danes. Like he's proud of that fact. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I think Askeladd at one point doesn't he say like I'm I'm tired of killing kids or I don't. I don't want to kill any more kids today or something like that. I don't know. But, mm, can't recall yeah. that. But anyway, yeah. It's multi, multi-faceted reasons. Um, and there's probably is even more we could dig into it. But like, yeah, this is part of the reason I find him so interesting. Ask a lad. Mm. Um, ask a lad today. <sighs> uh, all right. Do you have another talking point, Doc? Um... Well, so that was one, uh, and I guess I can, I can give it like uh, we should talk about Ilva because this episode, oh, um, she uh, she was pretty amazing, um, like really interesting to the way to see the way that she processed her grief in the in because she really didn't right. I feel like she was in kind of denial. Not that she didn't know I... that he was dead, but just like, well, you know what that means. We got to work. We got to work, work harder. Oh, do you mean Helga? Sorry. No, Ilva, the daughter. Oh, I'm getting mixed up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ilva was just like, mm, you know, I, I got to fish. I got to shovel snow. I had to take care of the sheep. Got to do everything the men did. There's not a time in the world to relax. Because like, she doesn't want to stop because if she stops, she'll well, yeah. lose it. And it's a very natural, like it's a very understandable way of denying the grieving process. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't have time to think, how can I possibly think about the death of someone I care about? It was so human, right? Because like yeah. you, you know, you wanted her to break down and everything, but she's just not that kind of gal, right? And uh, only like her, the sort of gentle hand of Helga, her mother, can say like, "All right, honey, that's enough." Like you can stop yeah. now. You can take a moment. Yeah, and then indeed Helga's quiet dignity for all this. I think that maybe that's from her own history of knowing that Fors was a soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, she probably was more aware of the fact that you know it's a dangerous time to be traveling anywhere by boat. So there was always that risk. Yeah. Of not you know of of him not coming back. Indeed, I think I think as we discussed before, maybe she had some inkling. If it wasn't staced out right between them, that Fors may potentially deliberately not be returning because of the call to action, you know, that he had been placed for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, yeah, that, that entire scene was. That. Yeah. I, I think it's actually good that we got to see them do that because, as I understand it from what one of our patrons, uh, Shouts Blinkaji here, uh, points out in our chat, I believe that those scenes are in the manga, but come chronologically speaking a lot later. 
Um, oh, cool. Okay. From what I I think so, from what I remember that uh, Blinkaji discussed at the time that this episode happened. Um, oh, wow. okay. But I, th- I I do think it's good we get that now, so we can at least I have agree. the processing of of you know the fact that they know about it. So it's not so we can we're not wondering in the back of our minds like what's happening with them, because let's be honest here, the focus of the story is now fully on Thorfinn. Having that unresolved little moment of do they know or not and what's happening um, with them would have been a mild distraction. So I think it was wise to bring those forward just so we know. Yeah, I mean. I don't doubt for the... I mean, Leaf says to them, I will not stop searching until I find your son. And I don't doubt that's going to happen. There will be a, you know, a reunion of sorts between the two because then we'll have the inevitable you've changed a lot for in kind of moment in which Leaf... <laughs> yeah. Leaf is probably quite disgusted and appalled with who he is as a person and tries to, you know, remind him of who his father was and what he's trying to touch on. Thorfinn's like, no! No, my father you was don't a even, pussy. You don't know me. You don't know what I've been through, Leaf. Yeah. I mean, my dad, like, he, you know, he took his sword and all that, but you know what he left at home? His fucking dick. (laughs) And his fucking balls while he was at it. Oh, man. Oh, Mm. this just occurred to me. um, On our. Oh, what? Balls and dick? Oh, dear. That's Mm -hmm. that's an unfortunate segue. Uh, I've just. I've awakened to their. Balls. Their essences. Uh, So regarding sorry to hop back and forth between topics but we were talking about them leaving leaving alive uh um thorfinn despite him being kind of a thorn in their side um you know i guess not only do they leave him alive but like the men uh in particular like the lower ranked men Mm. like offer him like food and stuff so maybe like Maybe it's just as simple as, well, you know, the contract was to kill your dad. What killed your dad? Got no issue with you unless you start one with us. It's not a personal. I think they were thing. Make, I think I think they were mocking him. Like I think they're treating him basically like as a pet. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. Um. But didn't they say like they actually wanted to help when the, I mean they were laughing at him because they're Vikings. Like that's what Vikings do is they they eat turkey legs and drink meat and laugh, <laughs> right? And kill each other. And so they're laughing and Thorfinn feels mocked and goes away. But they're like, No, wait, we actually want to help. Um and but then well, they just shrug. The wider theme, <laughs> maybe that's part of the wider theme, you know, that even people as cruel and evil as them, you know, who go around raping, pillaging and plundering, burning villages down, you know. Not uh, you know, littering and all that. You know, not throwing things away properly. Not putting you know bottles in the recycling. You name it. Maybe even people as awful as them still have that little, little, little tiny bit way down deep mm. of actually caring about your fellow man. Maybe, maybe if you look really, really hard, like real close. Right. Can't see it. Mm, I'll give up now. Be at point. <laughs> Zoom in. Zoom in farther. Zoom, zoom and enhance. <laughs> zoom and enhance. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so I have another talking point. Let's talk about the beginning and ending of episode six. And I want okay. to talk about blood specifically. Everyone's favorite bodily fluid. Unless you happen to be, you know, well. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you took the joke around my mouth there. <laughs> anyway, point, point, point being, point being. So. We mentioned before Thorfinn's first mur- kill or murder, whatever you want to call it. 
and he ends up soaked in blood after the fact. Mm. And that leads then to the piercing scream that you mentioned there. And I just want to point something else, a point of contrast. We get Ascalad's reaction to this, which is just a, which is just like a... What? What? Huh? Like, you know, the most nonchalant shit ever. Like, you know, he's just been told it's, you know, slightly dusty in his room or some shit like that. Like, the most non-important thing ever. But, huh. I took no, it a little but, bit differently, but 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 I don't know. No, I, I'd it's, have to... It's just like... <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it um, to to know why I thought differently, but uh, mm. yeah, but I I felt it was like a look of sympathy, but but I could be way wrong. But the thing is, right, Askeladd himself is also covered in blood at this moment. So you have your contrast mm. point. You have a man who's completely and utterly desensitized to violence, versus Forfit, who you know is now caked in blood himself and is screaming with you know overflowing with emotion and shock. A disgust, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having done that. Even for up earlier in the same episode when yeah. seeing the dead bodies of the various soldiers, and now he's put one of them to death in much the same fashion. So it's no wonder that he, like, completely loses his shit. And However, I mean, before... Oh, um, just, I was going to say, like, also, to add to the distress and everything in his mind, like, before he uh, kills uh, the soldier... Like he has a near fatal encounter with another one, and um, Askeladd stabs that guy through the chest and then uh, leaves. And Thorfinn is left to like this little kid has to like remove, like get out from under the dead weight of a body, mm-hmm. like heavily armed, uh, armored body. What a, what a metaphor, <laughs> by the way, for Thorfinn having to move on from the weight of death being on top of him. Yeah, yeah. Thebes are late as freaking by sure. God. Oh my God! <laughs> but I love you. It. Might I think like... Vinland, you might think you might think Vinland Saga is a well-written show. Holy crap! Yeah, and you know this we talked about. You might think it's a. We talked it like I mentioned Thorfinn's death, and you know this is part of this is part of him being reborn, and like the old Thorfinn really like having to die like because mm. you know his the that innocent being is is too pu- i mean this is a stupid meme too pure for this world but it's freaking true in this <laughs> case right mm. like and you know the new this new thorfinn you know baptized in blood here in this battle and uh it's really awful um yeah but yeah. to um to follow on from that let's talk about the end of the episode so I'll get into the, uh, you know, the surrogate mother character in a bit as a separate point. But note that after she finds him at the beach when the soldiers come and, you know, investigate the fact that he's, you know, torched the house down, he's already killed a couple of them at this point, and he is similarly soaks in blood. And this this is the point where we see his reaction so much more diluted than it once was. So we have a bookending start of his descent into this, you know, psychopathy even if you want to call it that this violent nature that's arisen in him and at the start he was revulsed at himself he was screaming he was you know disgusted and now he's just kind of apathetic almost almost but there's something i want to oh sorry sorry. no uh, just a very brief like uh, only just to insert um what you're talking about and then what we were talking about just a second ago like um have you ever been present at the birth of a child no. Okay, so 
I was just saying, I hope you I have. have. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought they got delivered by the stock. You, oh, you, no. Doc, you've ruined Sorry. it for me. Great. Oh. Now, bubble burst. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's a little more messy, and uh, you know, when babies are born into the world, they are covered in blood and uh, fluid, and they are screaming. They are screaming. Uh, and this is what I was thinking about Thorfinn and when he when he makes his first kill and when you mentioned the scream I just had to like vocalize that again I, yeah 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 that's that's quite something that's for sure yeah you're not wrong there that's a good observation um but yeah like there's something else I want to remark about the blood stains that end up on Thorfinn's face at the end um, of the episode in which they seem very deliberately stylized and what do I mean by that well, first off, there's a pattern on his fa- on his cheek here, but it's very mottled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like simply blood splotches like splatters. It's like, I mean, I'm getting to some CSI shit here talking about blood <laughs> splatter palaces. But the po- I promise you there's a point, I promise you. And also his hair is similarly stained with blood. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that I read from this, and maybe I am reading way too deeply into the visual design of, you know, fourth in-game code in blood here. But it felt like it was a part of his being, like his hair was bred with blood, because that's like part of his nature. And the mottled, like, you know, blood stain, it almost looked like some kind of disease spreading under his skin. Mm. It felt like a visual metaphor for the blood loss that is consuming him. Rather than how it's been presented previously as just, you know, well, I don't know, like clean up on aisle five, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it really struck me when I saw it the second time around on rewatching this episode. Like, it almost looks like he's diseased mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah, maybe another difference, you know, hearkening back to him being on his own boat alone. Maybe another difference between him and people like Askeladd and others is, um, you know, a, a lot of those guys volunteer or conscripted uh, mm-hmm. and they come in under these really different circumstances and it was totally forced upon Thorfinn as a child and the genesis of it the the re- the reason that he began was revenge mm-hmm. and there's like this different kind of like madness in him like you said bloodlust like you get a couple different shots throughout the episode of him who he just looks completely mad like he just he looks like a demon. Um, yeah. And that is a different look than I've seen on pretty much anyone else's face in the show, except for Bjorn when he's mushroomed. <laughs> when he's, when he, when he's uh, you know, high as a kite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he's Mario. So, yeah. <laughs> when, he's, when he's going for the flag. He's going to jump the flagpole, <laughs> is Bjorn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I do have more talking points, but do you have any more you want to add, Doc? Um, I think I, I like the fact that uh, I knew a time skip was coming. Um, or I felt it in my my anime watching bones. But well, we've seen plenty of those in that time, you and I. <laughs> uh huh. But I feel like this one was not too soon. Like I was really, like I was glad we got to see mm-hmm. the things that we did of him as as a kid. I think it was really really important, and. I think that because we got to see that, um, so there's like a sort of trope in a lot of shonen stuff um, hmm. when you have like 
a group of villains. Um, hmm. A lot of times, one of them will hate uh, the lead bad guy. And the reason that he'll be there was so he can be close to him, so he can try to kill him, right? There's like a pact. Uh, oh, like, the star scream. Yes. Ex- thank you. That is a great example, right? It's like, <laughs> okay, so there's a mutual understanding. I think that you are a good fighter. You can serve under me. And in exchange for that, if you'll do that, you can try to kill me whenever you want, whatever, because I'm better than you. Um, and we kind of have that here, but it's like the best one ever because we get to see <laughs> how like Thorfinn comes to hate hate Askeladd uh and I mean maybe he'll hate himself one day but yeah we get we get to see you know he is part he's part of the villainous Viking forces you know but but uh clearly still I think would kill Askeladd at the drop of a hat if he had the chance to at least that's what I think and like it is that it is the trope that we're talking about but like because we're not introduced to it after all the interesting stuff has happened, like it's mm. so feels so much better. It's so much easier to buy in now that we've seen mm. it all. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, good on Thorfinn for serving as inspiration for Inigo Montoya down the line. That's really nice of him. <laughs> good one. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> all right, so next talking point. Let's talk about what Thor's has left behind here. Because of course, when someone passes on and dies, um, they leave, you have memories of them. Mm-hmm. And indeed, Thorfinn has one memory of him, which is just of him turning around and smiling. But that's all that we, the audience, have presented thus far in the show's run. But why is the other principal thing that he has? The dagger. Right. So it seems very, very interesting to me that Thor's a man of non-violence, a man who was so unwilling to, you know, kill someone in, in a fight when it came down to it, that the one material item his son now has in his possession that's left behind by him is a tool of murder. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, this ain't no, like, sword thing. Like, a dagger, um, as far as a weapon goes, is a tool that uh, throughout history has been associated a lot with assassination. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go back to fucking classic Macbeth here. Is this a dagger I see before me, before he goes and murders King Duncan? Or any other number of, you know stories that involve that like it's not a weapon strictly speaking for you know one-on-one duels or combat it's as you it's as i say more of a tool for assassination and murder so it's not even a question of thorfinn like you know taking up the you know combat style of someone who would fight someone one-on-one in the duel he just has that now more as you know a weapon of slaughter and a weapon of killing indeed that's why he does what he does with being sent as a scout and indeed, he goes undercover, kind of, with a little bit of, you know, some regret or some reservation, you know, using the English lady to get, like, get into the position he needs to, maybe. Although he couldn't, of course, predicted that given he was falling down the river with an arrow on his back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, it to me feels very, very telling that that's the one material thing that's been left behind, a tool yeah. his father wished him never to use. And how... How staggering is it when you think of it that the legacy of his father is a weapon that Thorfinn literally stains with blood. His yeah. father's legacy is literally blood-stained. Gosh. It's not even metaphorical. It's literal. Holy shit. Man. 
this was such a fun episode, Shadon. I know! Hey, we're back, everyone! We're having laughs and jokes. It's great! We get to see a child have go through, like, the psychological equivalent of the Benz watching his father die and then committing mass murder and slaughter. Woo! Anime, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, man. Have you... you talked? Speaking of Macbeth, have you seen the movie called Scotland, PA? I have not. <laughs> so it's, imagine uh, it, it's a retelling of Macbeth, but uh, instead of the Scottish throne, it's a restaurant that is being fought over, right? And so it becomes Macbeth's, but then in the end, after Macbeth leaves, do you remember who eventually sits on the throne? Is is it Macduff? Is it? I don't recall. It's McDonald. It becomes McDonald's. <laughs> That's the genesis of McDonald's. <laughs> I felt actual. I felt actual pain course through my body there when you said that. It's true. It's a great movie. I really enjoy that movie. Oh, but, are the free wit? All right, I have to ask: Are the free witches food critics? Uh, they are. Um, shit. It's uh. They're all played by what's that guy's name? Oh my god, I can see him in my mind. Andy Circus? He's, he's no. <laughs> he's very skinny and has large glasses and has a very distinctive voice. What is his name? And sort of and sort of postcard, folks. Oh, please help me remember who 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 plays the the witch. Which is I can't remember if it's just three of him or they're all three combined into the one kin. He represents the witches, but yeah, it's him, and uh, he's great. <laughs> he's <really> hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, are you ready to, to talk about uh, religion in uh, in this episode? Uh, oof. go on then. Fine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I jest. I jest. I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I'm no religious man myself, but I'm happy to at least you know throw my uh, thirty pieces of silver in, so to speak. <laughs> yes, of course. That's a joke that I'll never get old. <laughs> Just continue to be made on this show. Um, so, like, reading my notes here. So, um, this is all to do with the woman who takes in Thorfinn, um, despite him being a spy. Uh, because in a lot of ways it's sort of a kind of a um, uh, inappropriate not inappropriate what's the word I'm looking for it's like misguided right um, kind of replacement for her son who died a couple years ago they're about the same age yeah. called John uh, not a insignificant name in Christian texts John uh, so she talks about uh, Jesus. She talks about, you know, ah, the, the old king. He used to be a good Christian, right? Uh, he liked Very Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, right. But the current king is not a good Christian because he just wants to kill all the Danes. Uh, and she sort of... Um, and this, we're going to sound like a broker record, or I am here, but um, she uh, is... I, I found her to be in a lot of ways like Thor's um, it just as a person who had a very um, strong point of view about right and wrong in the world like mm. she was very much like 
you know, ethics person to person are above political alliances yeah. and agendas. Allegiance. Yeah. Which is like a thing that you can get on board with, I think. Like, you know, your fellow man is in trouble in front of you. And the good Samaritan. Exactly, right? Um surprised you didn't bring that up. Um and you know, this is all this is all great, you know, but like again, like just war I almost said human nature, but I think we've talked about we've had discussions about whether a war being not a natural thing, but a a thing that Well Edward you Edward learn, Starr right? certainly didn't think it war was a good thing. You know, he was asking, what is it good for, y'all? <laughs> right, right. So, like, um, <laughs> you didn't vote. What do you mean by that, Emily? Uh, that's the joke you. from Monty Python. Uh, oh. You're the king? Well, right. I didn't, I didn't vote, vote for you. For you. That's right. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, this man. is an anno- anarcho-syndicalist commune. Um. Wow, that, that fucking hell, Doc. Was that worth the day you could have balloons popping out behind you? Like, <laughs> yes. you know. I was impressed by that, I must say. Although, of course, you know, no uh, anime is more Monty Python than Fate Zero. <laughs> because of King Arthur, right? <laughs> also because of Berserker, the Black Knight. <laughs> oh, right, the Black Knight. Tis um, but a flesh wound. But so, and I could go on, but I think my my point is is like probably you can gather where I'm going. Just that, like, you know, doing the right thing according to uh, religion, according to like it's an ethical way of life uh, that's secular, whatever. Like, it may save your soul, but uh, war will claim your life war you know your body belongs to it and it'll take it from you indiscriminately regardless of these other things so yeah i think that here we we just have another another illustration of the the anti-war message Mm. but in turn i am just to throw something in there like i was gonna bring up next about the closing moments where we see her where she starts weeping but then disappears that is that is interesting isn't it yeah and um, I think I have a theory on that. I have a really so, gruesome uh, and awful theory. <laughs> but you go first. <laughs> well, so, okay. Um, you said before about Jesus, you know, should never leave someone behind. But sometimes, you know, the Lord, as I understand it, demands sacrifices of his subjects. I'm sure there are a few that you could probably mention from the Bible I'm not personally familiar with. Uh, who was it actually that God said you had to kill his own son? I can't remember. That would be Abraham. Thank you very to, much, uh, Kill Isaac. There we go. So, uh, not Abraham and Isaac here, of course, but just as an example that, you know, it's been asked for before, that God sometimes demands people, you know, be sacrificial in order to, you know, perform something for the great good. So, if indeed you do believe in the whole, you know, Jesus path thing, you know, divine path set out for this lady, is her sacrifice possibly intended by God as a means of trying to rekindle forth in his own, you know, better nature? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, it seems like it does the opposite of that. Well, it, that's the thing. It's right? an attempt. It's an attempt. Because uh-huh. my understanding as well is that always, you know, the idea is that we're always tempted into sin. You know, it's not God that stops us from doing sin. Rather, God will give us the means to fight it or, like, you know, to try and resist it or the education to say that it's 
bad. Sure. And well, this is all predicated on human free will, Shadon. If you believe in free will, some religious people don't. But this is another fucking fucked up discussion for another day. <laughs> oh boy. We'll leave that. We'll leave that aside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, but so what I point, what I mean point... by oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, Karen. Karen. Oh no no no. I was, um um. Cause I can't. Now I've forgotten. So <laughs> that's what I get. That's fucking what I get. All right, go ahead. Uh, never mind. So, uh, yeah, indeed, when the Vikings storm the beach, the lady starts weeping, and that triggers Thorfinn's memories, which is why I just brought yeah. in about the idea of, you know, reigniting that spark of humanity. But then she vanishes. And then Thorfinn just takes a, you know, deep sigh, and he's just like, well, I guess I got to get back to that killing, yo. Woo! I really like that scene. some English. Woo-wee! <laughs> It really well, seemed like th- this is what I meant by like it was an, like it backfired. Like it really seems like she made him think of his dad and stuff like that, and just like his dad, she was fucking just mowed down, right? Like her, well, her town, her her like every it was swept away. Like nothing, she couldn't save herself. Like whatever her well, anti-war beliefs were. Right. Well, I have I have a theory on that, but like even if it ultimately was unsuccessful, the fact that Thorfinn can still feel that you know memory and still have that moment in which he you know snaps out of his you know red haze, like yeah. that's still something. Like it wasn't enough to shake him out of it, but he has the capacity I to hope. do, which I'm sure will be important. Yeah, I hope really it wasn't him way. like giving up on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but let's talk about the lady vanishing. Here's my wild speculative theory. Right, I don't think it's literal. I don't think she literally just gets swept up by the Vikings and is gone. I think she's probably dead elsewhere, like, out of scene. I don't think it's actually her we're seeing. I think it's representative of Thorfinn's own perspective of her, Mm. in that she's no longer relevant. The Vikings going past have swept him up back into, you know, his normal mood set at that point of, you know, kill them all and let God sort them out, literally. Uh, So at that point, she's no longer relevant. She vanishes because... She's no longer of an interest to him. She's no longer of a comfort swim. Hmm. My my theory on it was, uh, you... remember how remember how that one time Asklad was like, we get all the women. Remember <laughs> that? I thought maybe an onrushing Viking just scooped her up and grabbed her and kept running. That's where my mind went, that these brutal, you know, assholes would, that's what they'd be. I like my women like I like my wine, aged and tastes like oak. (laughs) Terrible. I'm so sorry for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, uh, either way, like, I, I mean, what you're saying holds, holds true. I mean, he's, she's now you know she's gone like she her and her puppy dog and her uh oh oh you mean uh joseph joestar's dog <laughs> yeah her and and dog <laughs> and uh the uh the freaking bootlicker daughter <laughs> have nothing nothing uh to offer him anymore that's yeah. for sure she's gonna be she's gonna be you know their hat the hat and hands to saint peter and he's be like lady you gone done fucks up Nice one. Well done. Yeah. Ah, ah, boy, 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 boy. Right, do you have any other talking points, up? You know, um, I think 
Uh, I think I have exhausted my list of notes, but I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about uh, the patron questions. Indeed. Uh, this is, uh, I'm actually now uh, talks out. I know that's shocking and surprising for someone who chats as much shit as me, folks. But yeah, I've said all the talking points I want to say mm-hmm. on the episodes thus far. Doesn't mean we've covered everything that we could have done, of course. There's probably a lot more that could be discussed. Indeed, mm-hmm. if you have anything you want to throw into us that you noticed or felt was meaningful or impactful, then let us know. Drop us a line on Twitter. Drop us in our Discord if you're a patron. Indeed, consider becoming a patron so you can have that privilege along with making me watch heinous shit. Thank you, Saluvel. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk about our patron questions. So we have three uh, the banked up over the course of these couple episodes. Uh, so I'm going to start off with Blinkardi's question, which goes as follows: To what extent do you guys reckon Askeladd has a sense of honor, and how does that tie into his philosophy on being a mercenary slash pirate? Do, shall you go first, or shall I? Uh, I have a thought. Okay. Uh, shock horror. Sorry to run, spin my mouth again. But um, I think that Askeladd's sense of honor is mutable and variable, and I think it depends mm. on the people he is dealing with. Take how he handled Floki. Floki, you know, Askeladd had him measured for a mug who was trying to serve me train with that, you know, closet Viking that he had. And subsequently, he one upped him by saying, Oh, you think you're a deceitful trickster god? Bitch! You ain't met me. Let me show you. But then when he's talking with Fors, I, again, get the impression Askeladd had no intention of taking Fors in with him. That was just an accident. And it is concretely proven that we see all of the other men lift. They survive. Only Fors is killed. Even though it is mentioned that they could be sold as slaves, uh, that's a second boat that they could have had to sell off as well. There was material mm-hmm. plunder to be gained from killing all of them or even just enslaving all of them. But he was true to his word. So I think that insofar as Askeladd has a sense of honour, I think the capacity for him to have it is there, but he is a man whose sense of honour is dictated by his environment and he plays it on an even keel. If he meets someone who's honourable, he'll be honourable minus one, I reckon, is the way I would describe it. <laughs> I like it. I he'll, like he'll, it. He'll match, he'll match the honour, but then he'll take one away, so he's just a tiny little bit less honourable. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he can't be honourable per se, I would think. But for him, he probably has a much more rational understanding of the world than anyone else, which is that yeah, war ain't fair. Tough shit. I don't play by the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, I have a similar opinion in that, like, I-, I think, I think he, that exists in him, right? Um, and he's, he's a great contrast with Thor's because I, I feel like over the course of, you know, how I see Askeladd behave, you know, episodes four, five, and six. I feel like there's enough there for me to say that he does have some kind of sense of honor about him, but and maybe he used to it used to be really, really important to him. But uh unlike Thor's who refused to like let war like bend him, like Asklad wasn't strong enough and maybe nobody's strong enough to mm. like to to withstand it and he he bent he adapted he was concerned for his survival and so he he compromised and compromised and you know kept on and and is now the uh the thieving you know dishonorable uh pirate that we we see before us the the murderer yeah 
Um, but we well, but we get to see those tiny little glimpses that I think indicate that there was something there with them. Well, if I may if I may pose a thought to you, right? Let's say I stripped this entire show of context and just presented you with an image of teenage Thorfinn and Askeladd as he is an adult. And if I told you that they were the same person but just at different ages, mm. I reckon you could potentially believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really uh wow. That's scary, dude. <laughs> Fourth orphan, uh, don't don't take this path, <laughs> please. Please reroll. <laughs> I will mold you in my own image. <laughs> is it is it the, the the is Askeladd the sort of um oh what's his name the the a sort of Dino Golzine type figure now like oh. molding. The young young man. No, into he, his... he, he, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a despicable shithead, but he isn't a rapist or a pedophile. So that we know of, yeah. Th- th- I mean, that's a, that's a low bar to clear, admittedly, <laughs> but is. points for doing it nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Well, well done, Askeladd. You're not entirely shit. <laughs> You've done it. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, your pie chart is not 100% brown. Mm-hmm. Well done. All right, so uh, next question. This, In fact, we have two questions here from uh, Theo or Feowulf. I'm going to assume it's Feowulf as in Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I have butchered that and mispronounced it, I apologize. I'm just going to have to option select this as we fight game players say. First question. Uh, if circumstances were different, could Asclad and Fors have been friends? Yes. Now, yes. I'm going to say yes because I think it ties back to the answer I gave in the previous question which is I think that Asgard is a man who plays his relationships as reactionary like he like assesses people based on you know who they are and would be honourable if the world would allow him to be that way. So mm-hmm. I think that if we twist the circumstances so much that say it was him and Thor's fighting in the very opening battle of the show which was the, the prequel battle I could totally see them working together. Yeah. I think that, well, you yeah. know, I think that we'll find out later. I have a strong suspicion we'll get a bit of Askeladd's history and we'll find that he is, I mean, I've said before about the idea of the nature versus nurture, you know, determinism versus free will mm-hmm. thing that this show is presenting. Because one thing I forgot to mention, for all that, you know, you'd think he'd die very quickly, Thorfinn is a very talented fighter, it turns mm-hmm. out. Learning entirely self-taught is that, you know, I mean, you know, he's, again, Mel Gear Solid soldier genes. No, it's a bit much, I admit. <laughs> but is that because he is literally the son of Thor's or because of his will to survive or because of the environment he's been moulded in? Is it inescapable that he becomes a murderer and a killer because his father had that capacity in him? Yeah. The critical well, mass back, of all of yeah, <laughs> Yeah. But to come back to Asgard, I reckon we'll find out a lot about his own nature versus nurture thing that drove him to be the person he is. You know, is he a murdering scummy pirate because he has dealt with, you know, or rather has been shaped by the world around him that's led him to be that way? We'll find out. But I absolutely believe that could have been true. Although, I will say that that's asking Askeladd to give a lot of his character. I think that Fors would have had to give some as well to yeah. meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you could argue that it is impossible as we know it. Like, they would have to be very different people, both of them, in order for that to have happened. Well, it's... But I don't think it, I don't think it's entirely impossible. No, I um, I don't know. I, as a, I, I think Askeladd in peacetime would probably be really, really different. Um, so he probably you know, weighs baskets. <laughs> yep, agreed. Uh, yeah, you know, if if uh, if that was the case, if the circumstances were really different, 
Um, he he seems like a, a he could be pretty amicable uh, from time to so. Yeah, no, I agree. I th- I I don't think I don't think Thor's would have to have changed very much. You know, if they were just you if think, they were you born think in the same be, town. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And they just kind of you think you would have yeah. You think he would have been an Askeladd to make all those changes? Because it depends on how much well, he you just want would to twist have been so different. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how much you want to twist the idea of circumstance. But you saying about like you know them living in the same town, but that again ties into the environment idea. Conversely, I would argue that if Thor's had been born in the same environment as Askeladd, then he would turn out like him as we know him now. Right. So, you, no, so for basically, sure. For sure. So, so basically, we're saying you know, fuck you, nature, fuck you, determinism. <laughs> oh, that, we're all about that can't... nurture i know i want to be but we can't be completely so no yeah. it's true it's true all right so final question here again from feowulf uh this is regarding episode five was Askeladd just going to let forth and kill him while he slept now we haven't addressed this scene yet so just to provide a brief bit of context Thorfinn makes it into Askeladd's like hut after the done their latest round of pillaging and plundering um, Askeladd is like, you know, sleeping with his face facing the wall. And Thorfinn sneaks in, dagger out, and he can't do it. This is episode five, so he hasn't killed mm-hmm. any actual human being yet. Mm-hmm. But once Thorfinn actually leaves, um, we see that Askeladd was awake. Whether or not he was asleep and was awoken by Thorfinn's footsteps or was awake all along, we can't say. Um, if you want my answer on this, I'm gonna go with he wouldn't have. I don't think I don't think Asclad was willing to let that happen. But rather, I think he was willing to test him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. If 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 ultimately Thorfinn could, did have the capacity to kill people, then he might have been useful potentially. Um, but also, then it could have simply just given him the incentive to kill Thorfinn there and then, like he realizes he is a genuine threat because. At the moment, like, I think that up until that point in episode 5, everyone treats Thorfinn as a joke, or as a dog, or a pet. Something to laugh at, something to mock. Mm-hmm. The town fool, you know, in their little travelling yeah. circus, so to speak. But that's the point where he realises maybe he might be a genuine threat. Or so like I don't think said, he would have let him. Mm-hmm. But I think that what he ultimately would have done is up for debate if, uh, if Thorfinn had made for the killing blow. Yeah, I think he thought that any kind of attempt by a little boy who'd never killed anyone before that he could easily fend off i think he wanted him to commit to it he wanted to see if he would really Hmm. actually make that intentional choice to try yes um you know because it's one thing to like challenge him in a duel in the open and fight him it's another thing to kill someone in their sleep um, yeah, cold blood. Yeah, and so I think he wanted to see if he would do it because, like you said, I, I I think that the idea was brewing in Askeladd for a little while of like maybe trying to use the kid for something, um, and I think it was uh, he felt it was important to find that out, um, but yeah, he didn't have it in him until he killed the dog and was pushed to kill those people in the in the battle. Mm-hmm absolutely right uh, that otherwise concludes our patron questions so i want to just give a quick shout out to blinkaji and feowulf for providing those for us thank you uh, if you are a current or indeed future patron of warrior death show you are more than welcome in our discord uh, to put questions in there for the shows that we're covering that doesn't mean vinland saga it can also mean given uh, and there are incoming patrons read here plenty of other benefits to subscribing as well not least to which is you can request shows for us to cover specifically for you 
Uh, so I'm currently covering a keek in the Soda Waifu show, which just makes me want to drink bleach, ironically. But anyway. <clears throat> I've got yeah, uh, um, I've got uh, Kino's Journey from uh, the early 2000s, not the not the new remake, but the uh, the first show on deck is my first show to cover. Uh, but uh, uh, one of us, uh, or Vorgalia, you can, you know, if you're a Patreon subscriber at the $5 level, you can get that request in and uh, one of us will do an audio essay. But yeah, like Shadon said, there's tons of other uh, perks. So just head on over to the Patreon and uh, yeah. check it out. Get in our Discord. Uh, Discord early, is ac- fun. early access to our given uh, cast, mm-hmm. early right. access to other material that we'll be doing in our own time, such as the previous Shield Hero. As I mentioned, we're going to bring more stuff like later. I have a secret bonus shitty anime I'm going to be covering soon that no one will know about until it literally drops on you like a meteor from the sky. I'm so ready for this. I can't oh, tell you. you have no idea. You have no idea what I've seen. <laughs> Man, <laughs> hey, you've, been ta- you've been talking about uh, Juice Chan. You know, you haven't even been talking about this other shit. So you're you're just having like stacked, compounding levels of awfulness in your life. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm being dealt the U.S. Army field manual of bad anime. Great, fucking brilliant. Anyway, uh, that otherwise brings us to our conclusion of our discussion about uh, Vinland Saga episodes 4, 5, and 6. Um, so, again, thank you everyone so much for being patient with us while we got things back in some sort of order so we can do this stream again. We will uh, all be well be back next week. I did mention before that there is a little bit of housekeeping in regards to the immediate future. So, right. if you were here at the start of the stream, you might recall that I mentioned I now own this particular home. Now... There's a thing to note here. Uh, currently, the utilities are paid for by my father, and that means that I have to then take ownership of them. Not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but it means I have to transition my internet provider, and that means there could be potentially some downtime. I'm hoping it is measured in days maximum, so that way any delay to a stream at that particular point will be outside very quickly. And it'll all be for the better as well, because I'll have a new streaming setup, I'll have a much faster internet provider, also all that good shit, so it will be worth it. But just something to bear in mind, as I have more concrete info, I will let you all know. Uh, otherwise, uh, Doc, do you have the... I know you've just put poll 2 up, but do you have any results for poll 1 thus far? Yeah, sorry I was late on poll 2. Uh, I was... Uh, my brain was devoted to the discussion today. Um, not for the multitasking. Uh, the first poll, uh, <laughs> which Mario suit is best for Bjorn? Uh, this is a great poll, I feel. Uh, early early days, we've got uh, Tanuki leading with sixty percent, and uh, Frog Suit and Hammer Bro Suit splitting the remaining forty percent of the vote with the Cat Suit, the newest suit introduced in, I believe it was three D World for the Wii U, uh, <laughs> languishing still at zero percent. So Cat Suit people, get out and vote. Uh, this is very <laughs> important. Um, important question for me because. I, I just feel the frog suit is so uh, underrated as a Mario suit. And Bjorn in a frog suit would be incredible in all, like, him just regular hanging out with Askeladd. Also him berserk because he jumps far distances. I'm just imagine Can him I, in a frog suit jumping. When, when, you, when, you, when you say that, like... I've mentioned before, like, you know, Mel Gear Solid, and there's obviously games you can play where you can put in, like, joke outfits and cutscenes, and no one changes their reactions. I want that to be the case within the saga. <laughs> I want Bjorn yeah. in that scene where they negotiate with the Danish emiss- yeah. emissary, and he's just wearing the frog suit, and no one bats an eyelid at it. 
That would be that would be amazing. I would love that so much. That would be that would be the shit right there. But anyway, unfortunately, oh. uh, future Vinland Saga fan fiction will have to wait, folks, because that is all we have for this particular evening. Again, thank you all very much for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you along here, and your patience is immensely appreciated uh, with the recent issues we've had. Mm-hmm. We should be back to usual now. As I say, any future interruptions, we'll give you advance warning on. Um, we will be back next week with Vinland Saga Episode 7. Uh, if you're not aware, by the way, because I don't think this was announced on this particular stream, we are now slowly releasing a backlog of our given episodes free to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you, of course, want early access to those to catch up with the discussion that is happening with the episodes, uh, do feel free to subscribe for $3 or more for that. I believe it's $3 here? Or is it the it's, 5 It's the 5 just because of the... The 5 uh the two the two man production required five dollars so yeah subscribe for five dollars catch up with all that and all our other goodies coming along uh, if you've enjoyed this by the way on itunes or soundcloud so that's where you're hearing it from please do feel free to leave us a rating and or review as it helps our discoverability uh if you're on youtube drop us a subscribe that's always welcome as well otherwise uh from myself and from doc thank you all very much again for joining us this fine evening and as we're always want to do on this particular show Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe, and a very good night. Good night, everyone.